We don't inherit the earth from our ancestors. We borrow it from our children. Native American proverb. Earthy Girls is a mother-daughter duo who love the planet and all things green. Raquel is a Dallas-based florist, while Rebecca is a lifelong gardener and artist. Together, they co-create beautiful gift boxes with recycled florals, paper, and wax. Together, they are the Earthy Girls. Hey, Raquel. Hey, Mom. How are you? Cold, but I'm alive. Yes. So I know you are happy to be back. I really like that text message that you sent me on your own saying you were happy to be back. I think the rest that we had was good for both of us, that break, because as you know, we're in that jurious dormancy following the holiday season because, you know, we're all so busy as bees, you know, buying presents, wrapping gifts, cooking, cleaning, decorating. And so now that the holiday season's over, it's slower and a much easier pace. And then the cold makes us want to snuggle and cuddle and relax with a good book and some hot tea. And, you know, provided you have a home. So remembering many across Mother Earth do not. And we're seeing that on the news right now. Many of our homeless, even in the North Texas area, are refusing to go into the shelter uh, because they don't want to lose their possessions. So and we've been below freezing here, believe it or not, you know, minus 10, minus 8. So I'm especially grateful for the shelter of my home, and I know you as well feel the same. So um, I really do enjoy all of this just luxuriousness of not having to do a lot, and then I'll let you talk, but I wanted to tell you I found out something that was really cute. Yesterday, was January 16th, was the de- the National Day of Doing Nothing, so <laughs> I, I meant to send that to you, but I didn't, so. That's funny. Well, yeah, that's very on par for this season that we're in. I also enjoy the slower months of winter to rest and recharge for spring. You know, spring's a big season for gardeners, for, you know, I've got animals here, livestock, chickens, and I've got a flower business. So spring is always really busy for me. So I, too, enjoy the slowness of the winter. And, you know, I love cozying up the fire with a book or a movie. And I am reminded of how grateful I am for everything that I have, for my wonderful life, for my home for clean water, to access to fresh food, and loving friends and family that not everybody has all over the planet. So we are doing a lot of reflecting here on Earthy Girls, and I'm reflecting on my 2023 year, you know, looking back on what I learned and what I want to leave in the past and what I want to bring with me into this new year. So it's been a good winter so far, just reflecting and resting and getting ready for spring. Yes, perfect. Well done, Raquel. So uh, before we dive into today's topic, what did you do for the planet this week? Well, I'm hibernating. I feel like (laughs) a big bear right now. I'm focusing on just staying warm. And and, then in our climate, you know, we are not used to that here in Texas. We are in the southern half of the United States, the bottom of the United States, Mm -hmm. and it's pretty warm all the time. So it's funny because I have friends like, man, I would much rather deal with the 100 degree weather than the freezing cold. And that's just kind of how we, we operate down here. So a lot of us have just been focusing on staying warm and I've been focusing on keeping my chickens alive. That's what I did, you know, right before we started the show. I ran out there and just made sure they're still, you know, marching around out there and they were getting some <laughs> bugs and animals and uh, they, they love to eat the worms and the snails and all that protein actually helps them stay warm at night. And we have a lot of sunshine 
during the day. So I have, you know, kind of like you, I've been saving water. Every time we have to drip our faucets, I put a big bowl or bucket under the drip and then I water my house plants with that. And today I gave it to my chickens. So um, they just got a filled up a water bottle and took it out there so they could have some fresh drinking water because when it is freezing, their water doesn't stay fresh out there. It freezes up, you know, so wanted to make sure they had some water and they, they've been drinking the drip faucet water from the faucets around the house. So don't waste that water. And it's very cold right now, but it's been sunny. I have appreciated the sunshine, sunshine. So I've been forcing myself outside to get out of the house and to get into the sun, mom, I don't know about you, but I just feel so much better, even if it's five or 10 minutes outside. So I have been, instead of driving to the gym for a workout, I've been walking to my property all bundled up and it's a good way to get some vitamin D, good way to lower my carbon emissions, breathe some fresh air and, you know, just appreciate the ever changing seasons here. Well done. I agree with all of that and more. So I've been, you know, pretty much practicing my inner water warrior here. So uh, like you, I've been saving a lot of that dripping water because we have to drip our faucets. I can't stand it that I have to lose it. So, you know, I'm facing the fact that I am obsessed with saving water and that's okay. You know, that's my jam. You know, Water world. Water world. <laughs> that's right. The, we, all, we all saw that movie in the 90s. So we are saving the water. Saving the water. Yeah. You know, they want us to keep it to let it drip, maybe a little too obsessed, saving them in big, my big pots. I would just, you know, when the, the pot got full, I would put another one there. You, I did water what I needed to water in the house, but I also warmed some up and then washed my face and brushed my teeth. And my husband's like, oh, you're doing off-grid style. And I'm like, yeah, that, I'm not wasting that water because it's precious as gold or actually even more so because there's, you know, I didn't write this in the show notes, Raquel, but looking at the news, uh, there's several communities here within the North Texas area that are on boil water uh, bands and not drinking their tap water, not using it because uh, we've had a lot of water main breaks with this very frigid weather. And it's, you know, they, they cannot safely promise that the water is that's going to come up through your faucet is safe enough to drink. So water is a precious commodity. So I used, uh, like I said, I used it to wash my face, brush my teeth. I treated myself to a nice foot bath. And then I gathered the rest before I, you know, jumped into bed and just uh, put a big pot there. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, what I've been doing the last. So today we're going to talk a little bit about evolution, um, specifically evolution and dinosaurs. Uh, there was a uh press release I saw last week that uh, in southern New Mexico, they found uh, T. rex's older cousin known as T. Uh, Mac Macraenus, but actually they found his bones back in 1980 uh, and kind of sat on it. Um, the fun thing is that in 2013, uh, somebody, another student, researcher, decided to try to figure out uh, what these pieces of bone and jaw were. And so last week, researchers from several different universities in, next, in New Mexico, they unveiled him. They have his massive jawbone and his pointy teeth. Uh, like I said, the boaters found that, those fragments in 1980 when the New Mexican lake reservoir got really low. So Raquel, there is some benefit to climate change. You know, it, uh, when we, you know, the waters recede, that's when we find those bones, right, in those footprints. So that's, that's kind of cool that, you know, not only it's climate change, it gives us an opportunity to look into our past instead of, you know, predicting our dire future. 
So, and I think it's super cool that we have Clovis Man here in Texas and in New Mexico, and then we have dino bones in both places. And so the researchers say that uh, T-Rex's older cousin is roughly the same size. He was also a meat eater. And, you know, doing the research for the show, trying to figure out how we can tie this into, you know, New Mexico and North Texas, you know, Clovis Man, uh, and there's a lot of opinions about him, a lot. So I'm going to include some of the links that I found in the show notes uh, for further reading, because none of this is like set in stone. And that's a, a, a cute little pun, I guess. So did Clovis Man kill the woolly mammoths? There is data that shows that uh, he did. But there's also, I think, the most fascinating thing about Clovis Man is that he survived the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. So, you know, is it possible, Raquel, that we actually walked with them? Maybe we hunted them. Maybe we ran from them. The truth is we don't know and we don't know for sure. I just think it's a really cool conversation thinking about the possibility that, yes, we either ran from them or we, you know, made a huge posse and tried to kill one and think about <laughs> it. Right yeah. And I've seen some pictures, you know, because they show uh, Clovis man and large groups running and chasing, you know, the woolly mammoth and, and then they find, you know, some of his uh, points, you know, his, the artifacts that they're handmade, uh, not, you know, not knives, obviously, they're little points made from stone, flintstone, they, they find those and some of those bones that they have found. So think about the possibility that we were running with the dinosaurs in that, you know, maybe on some subliminal subconscious level, think about how kids are so fascinated with dinosaurs. And I've always kind of wondered, what is it about dinosaurs that kids love? And I'm wondering if like on some possible subconscious subliminal level it's stored in our dna that we had to run from them or maybe they were our food and so anyways that's just some food for thought so raquel what are your thoughts on that no i love it i love talking about the past you know my college major was biological anthropology so we studied everything from bones to buttons to language to artifacts to dna ruins and even a little bit of paleontology so you know if you don't know who clovis man is he's actually what is known as the the paleo indian the first indian um clovis because somebody found his remains in clovis new mexico so that's mm -hmm. why they call him the clovis man but also known as the Paleo Indians. And they were the people who were thought to cross the land bridge over from, mm -hmm. you know, from Europe over into the United States. So that's the theory of how man got out of Africa over into the first Native Americans got here. They crossed over the Bering Strait. And those group of people are, you know, we call them the Clovis man or Clovis people. And they were, you know, found really existed around 13,000 years ago mm -hmm. near the end of the last glacial period. So that does kind of put them right around the dinosaur era um, towards the end of it. And yeah, they're found with all of those bones and sharpened bones and stones and tools used for hunting. So they were hunter gatherers and they were known, they were nomads. They kind of, you know, followed the large game. So whether that was mammoths or dinosaurs, you know, we don't know ever all of this is really just speculation and theory. Mm -hmm. So even like you said, why does it take so long once they discover some bones to actually put a model together and say, this is what it looked like? Well, it costs a lot of money to do this research. You know, it's, us it's usually 
either publicly or privately funded by a university mm -hmm. or a special group that is interested in learning about the past, just like there are these groups who are predicting the future. There are also groups who do love to learn about the past. And like you said, if we can learn about our past self, you know, can we learn more about ourselves and how to mm -hmm. survive and thrive in our current environment? And, you know, I love that because I'm on a paleo diet right now. Um, <laughs> I love that word paleo because it really means the diet of the first people. What did humans eat when they first got here? And, um, you know, we need, we need to be eating similar to that, you know, um, very clean, very organic, natural foods, not a lot of processed, right? Mm -hmm. Not a lot of processed. So what I think is cool is that Clovis man is related to the first Native Americans. So 80% of Native Americans are actually related to Clovis man. So, um, you know, are, did they become extinct? Or do they evolve? Or are we Clovis man? You know, uh, I love all of that food for thought. But, you know, natural selection is what happened to the dinosaurs and happens to a lot of different groups of, you know, living animals. They become extinct, you know, survival, survival of the fittest, period, right? <laughs> so mm -hmm. did you survive? Were you the fittest? Um, at one time, dinosaurs were, right? But um, yeah. they no longer are. So for whatever reason, they could not thrive or survive on the planet. They were no longer well adapted to their environment. And um, guess who's the fittest now? You know, I we think it's are. humans. We are not only surviving, but we're thriving. I mean, I'm sure some of the therapists, you know, would beg to differ. Are we really thriving? But uh, we are. We're taking over the planet. So I would say we are <laughs> in the in the form of, you know, animals looking at a big timeline of of life. We are thriving. Well, and specifically because the sheer number of us and, uh, you know, and I'm sure this is something you remember. It's been so long since I was at university. So forgive me for a little foggy brain. But I do remember that uh, the making of tools is what is what gave us the edge you know, we could make the tools and think about the tools that we have now here. We here you and I are, you know, 30 miles from each other and we're creating a podcast with tools. So mm -hmm. human beings are just constantly and, and you know that we're constantly upgrading our toolkit. Yeah, I mean, we are evolving ourselves. There's a, you know, I obviously studied evolution and I'm a believer and there's a huge cross between those that bridge them together. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, some people believe one way or the other. And I believe in both because <laughs> I've seen the evidence. It's just, you know, I obviously studied cell biology. So I love it. I can nerd on that stuff forever. But, you know, I think it is fascinating to look at, back at the past. I think it's um, great to connect the two together. Right. To, to connect the past to the present, to their future yeah. and see, you know, where are we going and, you know, yeah, we're thriving. We have populated um, ourselves all over the world to the point to where now people are talking about depopulation. You know, how do we yeah. stop growing as fast as we are? Because just like the dinosaurs, one day, you know, they, did they run out of resources? You know, were they too large and grand of an animal to survive on yeah. this planet? Um, were they taking up all the resources too fast? You know, and that's why we love this show because this gives us a platform to talk about preserving our planet, preserving mm -hmm. our resources, preserving the life that's here for the next generations, right? Yes. Perfectly said, Raquel. I love it. And yes, possibly, you know, possibly the depopulation conversation, we need to have that next. I would love to have. I actually follow uh, a podcaster that I met at EarthX and he's hardcore with like, 
nobody having any more children. I mean, he's really hardcore. And I think he's trying to run for president, you know, that we need to stop having babies. I mean, he's adamant about it. Well, uh, I think having babies without, without, you know, we don't need to talk about that today. We're kind yes. of going off script here, but you know, having, um, just like it's being greedy, right? Having too many things with outside your means. Can you be responsible for the people you produce on this planet? If you can, great. If you have a farm and you've got plenty of food and shelter and jobs and, every, you know, for everybody, but some of us are just multiplied so fast and there's not going to be enough resources on our planet if we all continue to do that. So when people always ask, are you having more children? I think to myself, no, because I'm not greedy. I don't need to. I don't have a farm. I don't need seven children. Um, it's just a different time. You know, we used to, our families were much larger because that's how you, we needed to, to populate, right? We needed to grow villages and towns and we needed children to work farms, but it's just a different time. So it is, and hey, there's a whole generation of people who aren't even having kids because they say the same thing. You know, what if there's not a good planet left for my kids? So that's definitely a topic to think about. And, you know, moving forward, we are just here every day to bring a little bit of knowledge to you, to inform you, to educate, to inspire, to just, you know, take one small step to save the planet. Yeah, and I think starting the conversation, that's what we always call ourselves, conversation starters, first and foremost, uh, because we do need to talk about, you know, our resources. We need to talk about saving Mother Earth. We do need to have those difficult conversations at times about climate change, catastrophes, uh, and on the uh, podcast uh, for next week, Raquel, let's kind of tease that a little bit. We're going to go in a completely different direction, and we're going to talk uh, to a hypnotist who is a meditator and incorporates mindfulness and meditation in helping people uh, avoid burnout. And he specifically works with the medical community. And, you know, that community took a huge hit uh, during our pandemic. And we saw a lot of, you know, burnout with not only with nurses and doctors, but teachers. Uh, so he's going to come on and give us some tools on how we can avoid burnout. And I'm really excited because maybe it'll help me get back to doing the climate change watch segment because I got burnt out on that because it was just so, <laughs> it was just so terrible to be honest. Heavy. Yeah, heavy. So heavy. And I found myself super depressed about it. And then I had to, you know, kind of shake myself and say, you know, you know, sit back, take a break. You're not quitting it. You're just taking a break. So looking forward to talking with Aaron next week, Raquel. And so we'll have a guest in the podcast. So that'll be exciting. Our first guest of the year. So in January is a wonderful time for us to, you know, like you said, uh, take a look at our past year. What did we do right? What did we do wrong? What do we want to improve on? And I think we can all use uh, a new tool in our toolkit about how we can avoid burnout, how we can reduce stress in our lives, and all that good stuff. So looking forward to that. But before we go, what do we say, Raquel? Stay earthy. Y'all stay earthy, my friends. Bye. Perfect. That was good. Okay. Awesome. All right. Have a great day. I love you. I love you too. Bye. Bye. The Earthy Girls are here to inform, 
encourage, and inspire you to take that one small step for our planet. If you like this podcast, leave us a review. If you love it, download it and share it with a friend. And leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And y'all stay earthy. Thank you.